Welcome to the Las Vegas Realtor Podcast, where we talk all things LVR. I'm Brandon Roberts, your 2022 president, along with our CEO, Wendy DeVecchio, and special guest in studio today, Chad Bull, who happens to be our chair of forms committee. So we're going to talk about uh, some form releases that are coming up this month and what to be aware of. But let's start off with Wendy and a little update. I'm going to do just a little brief update. Um, So last week, Brandon and I traveled to the National Association's uh, Broker Summit, which was really cool because it's the first time we've ever been to the Broker Summit. Some um, exciting things coming up, um, which coincides with your uh, crypto pag that you want to put together because they did talk about crypto and kind of explained it to us and how that works, which is very exciting. Um, And then there's the virtual world. You can get McDonald's in virtual world now. Brandon and I was trying to figure out how you eat the McDonald's, but hey. There's that. Um, Sunday, Brandon and I leave for the Inman Conference in New York, uh, which is exciting because uh, if you guys know anything about Inman, it's mostly about technology. And we get to come back and update on what's going on, what the future look like, uh, looks like, and um, how we rank and all that stuff, which is a very good conference. Um, we also have um, the members this month. So we just got our report uh, about two weeks ago about our member count. Um, we're 17,087 members right now, which is about 20 higher than we were last month. We had about 290 drops, which is way more than we had last month um, and the month before that. Um, we've also had 10 less offices um, this month, more than we had in um February, because remember, we're always a month behind. Um, And then also, we still have about 1,200 people who still need to pay their MLS. So if you haven't paid your MLS, please make sure that you pay your MLS fees. Um, Late fees have already gone out. Please remember that um, we don't have an avenue to waive those late fees. Um, So just remember that if you're calling the billing department, and please be nice to them because they they are overwhelmed, as you can imagine, with so many people trying to pay their fees and get their MLS service back on. Um, Also, just to you guys give you a heads up, the next billing cycle is going to be July 1st, which is going to be for your key. Um, So if you guys have a calendar and you guys kind of want to know when the next um, cycle is, um, please mark your calendar down. It's going to be due July 1st. Um, late after July 5th, and then your MLS fees are going to be due again in October 1st, late after the 5th. Now, the other thing is that if you guys don't know about it yet, we do have pay layaway, which is really cool. A lot of your agents use it in your office. I'm sure some of your agents use it in your office, which is a really cool thing, which is an equal payment throughout the year, which prepays everything for the following year coming up. And we also have auto pay, which is pretty cool where you can get on where you can pick a day during the month where they'll take out either your pay layaway and then your auto pay always comes out about the second of the month that the um, dues or fees are are, um, doing. So that's great. Um, Association is super busy right now. We have a lot of classes going on downstairs. Uh, Committee meetings are doing really great. If you haven't joined a committee, please make sure that you do so. Uh, Trends and property management are doing a joint um, committee in uh, May regarding, uh, not May, I think it's, is it June? It is May. May. Um, Their next one. Correct. Regarding um, short-term rentals, which will be super exciting. Um, And the other thing to look out, if you're interested in the legislative, is political affairs pretty soon should have um, a couple of groups getting together working on legislative issues and what we need to look for in the legislative coming up. And then we also have all of our other wonderful committees that you guys can join. So please make sure you guys go on the website, look under committees, go to the committee calendar. The committee calendar will have all of the dates of the committee meetings coming up. And I know Community Outreach just had their meeting, and uh, they got their golf tournament coming up, and we may... Because your president requested have a night event for bowling, we may. We have to we see might. if we can. We have for to see charities? if we can for charities. We have to see if we can squeeze it in. I think uh, that bowling tournament 
was, was awesome. awesome this year. Yeah, they really raised more money than they did last year. Did they? Yes, it was. So and the cool. same team won. The same team won, but the person who won the fifty-fifty, which shout out to you, he actually gave half the money back to the charity. That's awesome. Which was the Just One Project and the Nevada Youth Foundation. So it was really cool. It was a really yeah, cool event. Great, great event. Uh, I even went and had fun. I didn't bowl, though. He didn't. <laughs> he wore the shoes, though. Yes. Uh, he wore I, the shoes and watched, right? That's what I said. I so, like the shoes. <laughs> yeah. So it was good. Um, and then um, I'll let you, uh, either you or Chad, will actually talk about what Chad is about to talk about, which is our all form exchanges and when those forms will actually be released um, to the members. Um, to okay. the brokers and then to the agents. Yeah, but years thank ago. you guys very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> Sorry, she can I keep breathe. taking Brandon's uh, <laughs> We're gonna thunder do from like him. Uh, three minutes with Wendy. Yes, you know, and, and she can she can get all that in in just a few minutes. Um, but years back, we we made a decision to, or the board made a decision to do form releases twice a year. Correct. In April and October, and that yes. was designed to make it more manageable, so that there wasn't forms just coming out all the time. Um, we got a little bit crazy during COVID and there was a lot of form releases that just kind of came through and a lot of them were because they were necessary or, or uh, kind of a little bit urgent. So, but the last real big form release was last October. And so we're about ready to have a release of new forms and to freak everyone out. And so we're going to, this is an attempt to kind of give you an overview. And actually, you know, I, I say that jokingly because there isn't really anything significant that you have to worry about but there are plenty of things you should be aware of right and there's a lot of and there's a few forms that were created to really help uh us in our business and especially as things are changing and um it you know um so we're going to go through these and um chad being the chair of forms he's probably the most equipped to talk about each one of these changes. So we'll go through them and Chad will give you a rundown on these. Um, so the first change was to the wire form or the wire disclosure, wire fraud notification form. That's right. Okay, so that was inclusive to actually um, add in cyber security because that's uh, another prominent aspect of wire fraud, uh, the sole, uh, cyber aspect. So we updated the form just to, to be inclusive of the cyber um, aspect on the fraud disclosure. So anywhere you see that would actually have cyber in addition to that. Um, also, we have um, additional signature lining. Okay, so typically we would have more clients as we have updated all the forms to be reflective of the four people. Right, and that started last year too. Correct. All the forms as they've been getting updated have been being increased from two to four right. signature lines. So that's the biggest change on that was the, the word cyber and then multiple that's correct. Um, signature lines, right? Yeah, bear with us as we take some time to get through all these documents in the library. It's going to take, it's it's a big undertaking to modify documents. It's just not like WordPress and you just go and send it in pretty quickly. So it's, bear with us folks as we get through this, okay? Right, and then not only do they have to be changed on our end, then they've got to be given to our forms providers, right. uploaded in the system, and everything's got to be formatted as well. So Correct. And one of the other things that the forms committee also is doing, correct, Chad, is that you guys are going through and looking at forms that have not been used in a while to That's see if correct. they're even necessary anymore to have in our form. Because our I think what is our form database? It's about 160 forms, give or take. And so you guys are also going through those two to see if the forms even really needed anymore. So true. It's like you know going through your closet and pulling mm -hmm. out that high school uh, swimsuit. What? We don't need I it anymore. High school swimsuit, Chad. <laughs> So uh, I think that covers that one. We can move on to the following, which would be the uh, purchaser's receipt of the common interest community or your resale package disclosure. That's correct. Right? Now, this was a substantial change, folks, because um, 
taking the position of the fact that um, on the signature or the initial lines, we were asking our clients, our buyers, to identify an initial that they've received each and every one of these documents. Whereas um, I don't want to be certifying that they have received that. And since I'd be uploading that document through DocuSign or a, a digital signature aspect. So that platform was automatically pre-populated to say that you did receive that. And that's uh, that puts us in a very bad predicament. So what we've our move was to make sure that the, the consumer is aware of the actual statute. So we, we cited NRS 116.4109, and that was effective as far as January 1st of 2020. In addition to that, so that whole... Uh, statutes listed provided for you. But the most significant aspect about this is the delivery. So the purchaser's receipt, whether it was a physical copy or a digital copy, and at what place did you deliver this? This is where the calendar timeline starts for CIC receipt. Okay, so if it's a physical address and you dropped off a hard copy, well, that's when the clock starts, right? As well as the digital aspect. So identifying the, the actual email, uh, email address that it was delivered to avoids the fact that somebody says, well, I didn't receive it. Okay, mm -hmm. so having a date and time, there's more accountability in that aspect, okay? And then in addition, we had the four signature lines for that. Okay, but yeah, and the, that form looks totally different than it did before. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a lot cleaner um, as you're filling it out with the digital signature. You don't have so many initials and everything else. Correct. Okay, so that's a, that's a good one. Um, and then we've got uh, the buyer's notice of disclosure. There's some changes to that. Yeah, that's an easy one for me because it's just more of a housekeeping aspect. If you look down on page one, right where it says flood hazard zone, the, uh, the original link that was provided is no longer, a, it's a dead link. So we have reflected to update where the, uh, the new service would be, okay? And this is actually still directing right to Clark County's flood control district, okay? Yeah, just so, a housekeeping. And yeah, which is, which is good. But the big thing to be aware of, make sure you're using the right form with the proper date, which will be dated of April of this year. Precisely. Um, because it will, you'll be able to send your clients to the right website. Exactly. Which was, uh, which was good. I don't know who clicked on it and found that, but I'm glad they did. Most well, certainly. And you know, that's going to be, you know, typical protocol. We, we need to follow through with this once a year to make sure that these links that we are, you know, syndicating to folks with a disclosure that they are real links, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I'm excited to talk about this next one because this was a big undertaking for you. Um, and we worked on this last year when I was a chair of forms. Um, you almost single-handedly took this on. And I learned a lot about smart homes and stuff just talking to you through this process. But there's some changes to the smart home disclosure um, some formatting and different things like that. Would you go over that a little bit? Oh, most certainly. I'm very passionate about this one. Uh, most important, first and very beginning, this is no longer an addendum. It really should be in its servitude as, as a disclosure. It's a disclosure to not only the seller and the buyer, but also helps the real estate professionals understand the capacity and appraisers. So the entire industry is aware of what is available in this property. Okay, so the very first document, uh, first page would be more of like a, a, a definition sheet to kind of give the, the buyer and the seller uh, a tutorial of what to expect if they already don't already know what smart technology is. So if you look on the first page, hey, just like, hey, Siri, or hey, Cortana, or whatever your AI is, hey, it's a smart home, and identifies to everybody that um, we have a smart home uh, property. Continuing on the next page, the second page is to kind of give a little bit more definition and clarity of how to complete the next two pages following. Okay, so it gives you a little definition and, uh, you know, 
a direction of how to complete the document. But to kind of help everybody out as long, we'll flip to the next page. If you're looking at page one of the actual disclosure, um, in the very top line, it identifies specifically the buyer and the seller. But then also, it identifies the ISP, inter Internet Service Provider. Why is that necessary? Well, if you're operating a household with, you know, 120 connected devices and you're running a gig internet service and your, your buyer comes to purchase this property and they think a 15 megabit per second, you know, internet service would be, you know, the basic is going to operate this entire home. They're going to find out they're out of bandwidth. So that's pretty important to have that disclosure from the seller. So the buyer is aware that, you know what, your, your $50 a month internet service may not cut it when it comes to providing all the aspects for this home. And Chad, just really quickly, we were talking the other day, how many smart little devices do you have in your house? Just, you know, light switches and plugs. <laughs> Funny <laughs> enough, as you say, I use the number 120. Effectively, it's 117 there devices you go. actively connected <laughs> on the network, okay? So just for instance, like with yours being that many when you say a gig, you need that because that's what your bandwidth is going to take versus somebody that only has like me that has maybe 20 or 30 is not going to that's handle correct. that if I was to buy the house and right. think I would be okay with that. You, you, Perfect example. Well, you find out that your, uh, your sprinkler's not watering your grass anymore <laughs> or your pool's not kicking on or <laughs> heating. So Exactly. Gone are the days of just the ring doorbell. Yes. Yeah, long, 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 long gone. Stuff. Long right? gone now. Okay. Uh, to help identify how to complete this document, we had the the cover sheet, but then also, I want to make sure that everybody is aware of the importance of this document, okay? If the item is smart, if the appliance is actually smart, meaning it has a its own Wi-Fi service, it's connected, there's an app, an application on your smartphone that helps you dictate and how to command that device, that's where it needs to be listed, okay? So, it's not typical a home would have every one of these items on there. So, for simplicity, going down the, co the quantity line, if you were to put a zero, it, it's not there, right? But if you do have a device, put one or the quantity amount, making models pretty important because mm -hmm. you don't want to have that switcheroo. Somebody gave you a, a Skybell in, instead of their, you know, their Nest or their, um, what do you call that, ring doorbell? You don't want to have somebody swap that out last minute, especially if that's what you're purchasing. And then also, which app is enabled? All right, to help the consumer know, the buyer know which app to take from the app store to, co to command each and every one of these devices. However, there are, it's because this is all based on if this, then that protocol, IFTT. With that, that being that said, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's a tongue twister, right? <laughs> that it is. You, Wendy. <laughs> it is. So what's important about that is because there are certain AIs that actually command and dictate services through the, this protocol that you may not actually be utilizing the app that was designed for that actual product itself. For example, if you have a, a MyQ garage door opener, you could actually use that through Alexa. So people need to be aware of that. So you may sure. not actually have signed in the credentials for that application, okay? And obviously, is it on the Wi-Fi network? So not all things required to be on the network for it to communicate and be smart. Okay, but then also in the very right column is, will it stay, yes or no? All right, simple enough, put a Y, put an N, will it stay, yes or no, okay? Continuing all the way through, um, once you complete this out, I would, quite frankly, let me say this, you're not completing this. The seller should be completing this document. Once you present this, it would be best business practice to actually have this document uploaded into Matrix Docs, okay? 
or remind docs. So as they're writing the offer, they can look at that. Correct, exactly. The reason why is it also informs the buyer that this home is special. And it may be predicated on your pricing of this home. And more importantly, if this document's available to appraisers at the time of contract, it's very possible that we can try to pursue the appraisers for additional value for the home. So in its best practice in the, in the days and in years to come, we're going to actually see this document actually add value to a property. Okay. And more importantly, keep us out of trouble. <laughs> Which is important. Um, but yeah, I think um, as things are changing and properties are ch or technology is changing and homes are getting smarter, it's, it's quite a process um, to, to transfer all this stuff. And Correct. one thing that you told me, because as I was redoing my house and I was putting in some smart technology and stuff, you gave me this piece of advice, and I, I think it's neat, is don't set everything up to your email address. Actually create an email address specific to the property. Mm -hmm. So I use my address at gmail.com, and that way when I sell my house, if and when, then at that point I can just transfer that email address, which it has everything attached to it, and it's easy Precisely. for them to reset things. Simple and easy. So. But, you know, to make this even uh, more complex and robust, folks, um, we're not done here. You know, we're the very first association in the entire uh, country right now that has this far in depth when it comes to smart home transfer and technology identification with a disclosure. Mm -hmm. We've checked. There's, we're the, we're the, on, the, on the frontier when it comes to that aspect. But to actually make this even more... Um, uh, in an awareness to the consumer and to, you know, basically our legislators, we need to actually have a definition. And I think we need to uh, pursue this even further to actually have legislation actually understand what digital real property is. And a device could actually be digitally fixed to the house. And I don't know if you caught that at the beginning, Wendy said that professional, or not professional, political affairs is having a meeting mm -hmm. to start putting that, yes. you probably should be at that meeting. The yep. other thing I would encourage you to do is, and we, I know we've talked about this in the past, is I'd like to see you do, create a CE class on smart home. I think that would be something that would be uh, very good to to get that information out. And yeah, I can tell you're very, very passionate about it, and we could probably go on and on and on, but I have to get you th through to the next form, which is really exciting, the property management agreement. Oh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is actually pretty simple. It's housekeeping. So if you were to reflect to page 8 and 9, there used to be a call-out for a 2D in Section 20 termination. It's just a housekeeping to say that 2D no longer exists and everything is reverted from 2D to now 2C. Okay. And so there was a there was quite a lot of updating to this form last year that was released in October. But the biggest thing you got to take away from this is it's house cleaning so that it's not referencing a dead section. And so make sure that at, at the end of April here, you're using the proper dated form. Right. Right. Okay. Perfect. And then um, so we did that. And then there's some new forms that were created. Um, and this is all around another technology for houses, solar. Correct. So very simple enough um, with this document. It's, it's a couple of pages heavy, but it's intended to be, uh, once again, nationally, there isn't really a, a form recognized throughout mm -hmm. the, all associations. So again, spearheading this and trying to be the frontier when it comes to having this information. Um, solar, the companies themselves still do not have a standardized way to transfer and convey a property. However, solar is not going away. And in fact, more and more properties are taking this in. So we need to have a methodology of how to transfer this smartly and in full transparency. But also, 
the consumer, the buyer needs to know well ahead before making a decision on a property if they want to make an offer on it. So to kind of help kick the, the seller in the boot you know, or in the pants, right? Um, we have a document. The very first page is the solar information and property authorization. To add some a little assistance to the seller, you know, having this document completed, it's almost like having the CIC resale package authorization. It allows the, uh, the solar company to actually communicate to you as a listing agent if you want to be part of this process to help with the transition. So very simple enough, just complete the document. You want to hand this over to your seller as quickly as possible when you're taking the listing. Ideally, best practice is actually have this thing completed before you go live because you want to get started on this transfer, okay? Yeah, I think you need to know that process and what that entails before you start to market the home because this could really affect the closability of a property. Most certainly. Yeah. And a lot of delayed closings are based on sellers because one, the solar company didn't get informed into the process until too late in the game. So really, it should be done before on property, on market status, okay? But leading into the solar panel addendum itself, it is four full pages. It's pretty heavy because it's not just solar panels, you know, in its entity aspect because homeowners actually purchase it through like a, a purchase program. They may lease it and they may also have an alternate, which is a utility, which is a power purchase agreement that is sometimes often overlooked in that. Uh, but the buyer may definitely needs to be informed when it comes to the purchase aspect when it comes here. So very simple enough looking at it, we have an instruction, which kind of helps dictate exactly what you're going to be doing, when you, how to complete this document. And then you'll be checking the box, whether one, if solar system is owned, two, if solar system is leased or with a loan, and then three, which would be the power purchase agreement, and then four, warranty and maintenance agreement, because that would be sold separate and may not be part of a solar purchase or conveyance. It may be a third party that's actually servicing or and or warranting the, prop, uh, the solar system. And then also in section five, additional terms and conditions. We did stress specifically because looking at a lot of solar transfers, if a seller were to lapse in that utility, their contract may actually have an acceleration clause. At that point, the buyer may not be, uh, they may actually be qualified out if it was a financed aspect, you know, because if you went from a 10, 10 cent kilowatt cost and through that acceleration, it leaps to a 20 cent kilowatt cost. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pay $10 a, a gallon of gas. Mm -hmm. I certainly don't want to pay 20 cents a kilowatt for electricity based on seller's negligence. So you'll see that in bold, bold lettering on, in Section 5 that the seller needs to make sure that they maintain their utility. Okay? Any other questions about that one? No, I think the biggest thing here is um, there's a lot to it. And agents need to consult with their brokers if they have any questions in, 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 with any of these forms in actuality. In fact, these, these will be released uh, to the brokers. They'll have a, a rundown of everything on, I believe, April 25th. 25th. Correct. And then in the next day or two after that, they'll, they'll go live in um, Remind and, and, and Transaction Desk and be able to be utilized by the agents as well. So hopefully the, the, the brokers can review these and stuff and, and maybe talk about them in their sales meetings and stuff to get that out there too. Precisely. Best be prepared. You know, if, and if a broker still doesn't have an understanding of the document, I would welcome a, an email directly to me so it can kind of help fill in the blanks. Uh, I'm not really putting myself out there, you know, 24-7, but at the very least, reach out to me and I can kind of help give some clarity. Most importantly, we want to have the entire membership be informed of this, and that's 
part of the reason why we're doing this podcast to make sure that they are informed and it's not a surprise when it comes to these new forms. There's a lot. And you can get Chad's information on LasVegasRealtor.com. You can. Under Ah. committees, go to forums, and his picture is right there under chair, and you just click it, and it goes straight to his email. I laugh about that because last podcast, we had to educate me on not saying go to the MLS, go to the website. Because the website's there, it's up and going, and there's a lot of of information there. And so that's the extent of the releases coming out. Um, but I did want to talk about a couple forms from the last release, um, just to clear up some questions and, and really identify or share with a lot of people that a form was released or put out there that many of you may not know, and it's the key release receipt. Yes. I actually love this form. Uh, being a, a, a former new home salesperson, and I did that for almost 12 years, we always had a key release. And it's also one of those last things is that, you know, if the listing agent wasn't aware that the seller only had one key, you're finding out at this very moment and, and make sure that you are transferring a, a real conveyance and the buyer actually has access to the property. But it's good practice to make sure that you've, you know, you've kind of washed your hands of this transaction. The buyer feels that they have access to the property, but something back into it is that smart home disclosure. This is that last ditch effort to make sure the buyer is aware that they need to have transferred conveyance of smart home technology. The last thing you want to do is find out that you can't operate your garage door opener or the pool is not going to kick on or your water, uh, sprinklers are not going to water anymore or you're, you can't turn on the air conditioner because it's you know 120 degrees outside, all because you don't have login credentials. And that's paramount. And we don't need to have post-closing to find out this information and, because it's way too late. And they only blame us as an agent. Right. All That's right. true. And then the last last one that I wanted to just touch base on, because we worked on this one significantly last year on forms, was the request for repairs. And I know this is uh, a lot of people got a little bit uh, nervous when it first came out because they thought it was, it was a big change. And the biggest change is we just shortened the form and we took the responses out of it so you don't negotiate it on one form. The big key here is, though, when if you were to counter this, you just use another form as a counter, and you just at the top number it, request for repairs number two or B or whatever the next number or letter is. Right, exactly. And and other than that, it's, it's really about the same form with a few different changes. And um, the, the biggest one is just clarifying the... The remedies that the buyer has, which is that they could close or they could pursue for and close and then go um, after whatever remedy. So by law, after the fact, or they could negotiate and escrow some money or or do an extension on the escrow. That was always there, but it wasn't written out. And the other big significant thing was to change from that the repairs would be done at the close of escrow to now the repairs will be done at the walkthrough. And that actually gives you some time to negotiate that out sure. and that. So those were big changes I felt that were for, uh, that made this form better. Um, and then we shrunk it down. So it's one page. So we're not wasting a lot of paper, um, which we seem to always make the forms longer and longer and longer. So uh, to me, I think this is a good one. And I know it's, it's on the radar of forms this year. They're monitoring it as we go through the year. And if there is, if this doesn't work or there's any changes need be We'd, we'd be making those in October of this next year. Yeah, very true. And just like with all things, new is just scary. All right. Can be, right? Look at the document. I, this is my very first podcast, so, and it was scary, but at the very least. 
I like the document itself because it has simplified the negotiation aspect. And let's just face it, um, the concern about it at this very moment is if you're waiting to close a VASCO to find out repairs are not done, as a listing agent, that's a little late. But as a buyer's agent, that's still too late as well. So mm-hmm. we need to communicate with each other. And just like we're doing right now in this podcast, communicate. Let's find out about these requests long long before closing okay so we need to make sure these repairs are done ahead of time sounds good Um, okay so just a couple of things one um just go by off of um what brandon and chad both said is that chad is the chair of forms and brandon is the president but they're also brokers and they also understand please make sure you always check with your broker regarding the forms um, you always want to defer back to them. Um, Chad has graciously allowed you guys to reach out to him about any of the questions that you have as a forms um, chair. And if they have suggestions, they can also reach out to you. So you want to explain to them a little bit how they can just send suggestions to you and how they do that? Simple enough. Just go to the website, right? <laughs> and then you, you click on uh, committees and then you can find me. And just it, real simple enough, just type up an email, state your concern and uh, how we can, what your your solution may be. All right. Um, and we'll, we'll digest that and actually get you a response. And there are some times that you can also ask um, a request from Chad if you can come in and be a guest if it's a, if it's a significant change and a reason why you guys, you would want it to change. We've already had a guest, so Chad also welcomes those. Um, also, with this podcast, um, we do have it, um, I was going to say translate, but then I thought, oh, no, it's subtitles. But anyways, it's either <laughs> or that. So if you're watching this and either I was talking too fast or Chad was talking too fast, you can always go back and pause it, restart it, and everything that we talked about, about the changes and things like that. We're also going to have an email that's going to go out, like Brandon said, to the brokers and then one with the agents that we have a detail of what's changed, it's highlighted. So if you did miss something that Chad said or didn't understand or something that Brandon said, we do have that as a follow-up also for you guys. So you guys can also defer back to that. Um, Do not forget that um, these will be updated on Remind and they will be updated on Transaction Desk. The transaction desk will be going away soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so please make sure that if you haven't signed up for training for Remind, that you do do that with Teresa. And also um, the new thing is we've also made some advanced training um, that Teresa is going to be offering um, for those who have gone through the beginner's class and now want to dive a little bit further into Remind. We're going to start an, um, offering um, advanced courses, which is a really good thing. Very cool. Well, Chad, I really want to thank you for your time and coming on and explaining these forms. Hopefully this helps everybody understand a little bit more about the changes and the why behind the changes. So, And as always, Wendy, thank you. Thank you for all you do on a daily basis. Thank you, guys. Keeping things moving in the right direction. Well, certainly. And thank you, Chad, for being the chair of forms. We know it's uh, Brandon and I asked you kind of to step in. And And it's a big undergoing, but you're doing a wonderful job. Yeah, everyone else told us no. Just That's kidding. not true. <laughs> no, you were our top. And I was on the twentieth floor in a uh, hotel in Mexico, he looking was. at the sun, going, "Wow, this is great." On the there beach, what I asked. Thanks again. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bye, guys. Everyone.